0: I'm Kate Northrup
1: and I'm Mike Watts and we're partners in life, love, and business.
0: Welcome to the Kate and Mike show where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living.
1: Hello, this is my, uh, I'm Mike.
0: <laughs> and this is Kate. Welcome to the Kate and Mike show. We are here with a super fun episode for you. We just interviewed our friend Chris Gillibo, who is the author of four books. The Art of Nonconformity was his first. Oh, no, five books. The Happiness of Pursuit, The $100 Startup, Born for This, and his most recent book, Side Hustle. So Chris is a New York Times bestseller, and he is also the founder of and host of Side Hustle School, which is a daily podcast with more than 2 million downloads per month. And I have to say, I am a huge fan. I totally binge listened to it, and I did not want to get out of the car because it's so fun.
1: He also has created the World Domination Summit. Yep. Which you and I have been to quite a few times. He
0: got engaged on the way to the World that's Domination correct. Summit.
1: I actually then we ran into uh, my old friend from high school, yeah. Kelly, and I'm actually speaking at her event next week in Richmond, Virginia.
0: Which will have already happened when this podcast is. That's goes correct. Live. Oh yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah. So
0: Yeah. Chris also visited 193 countries, which is every country in the world, before his 35th birthday. And so in this episode, we talked about what's the longest time he's gone without showering, which is how we kicked it off. We talked about discipline and habits and what makes somebody like Chris, who says he's going to visit 193 countries and actually does it and writes a thousand words a day and actually does it and does a daily podcast and actually does it. Like what sets him apart from somebody who says they're going to do these things? can't manage to follow through. And I thought his answer was really insightful and interesting. We talked about how to plan a hundred city book tour or a 50 state book tour or whatever kind of tour you want to do. And some of the things to look out for and how he did it.
1: It's also helpful if you just want to do like a two city book tour. Any kind
0: of workshop. thingy, Any, not even a book tour. It could be like workshop tour, whatever, any kind of tour. And what else did we talk about, honey?
1: We just had a good time.
0: We had a good time. (laughs) Yeah. We love Chris. Yeah. Um, We talked
1: about travel hacking because he's the one that we've talked about that many times on here, which I know there's folks, Amy Meter, our old landlord, and also our real estate agent that helped us close in this house. She was like emailing and texting me and messaging me because they just signed up for points and she was telling me about how excited she is and all this stuff. So it's been pretty cool. Like cards. She redid her financial cards and stuff in that because all that knowledge credit cards. yeah credit cards yeah all that knowledge came from chris so we talked about the yeah. and how how he travels and runs his business as well
0: yeah in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to our points game episode you can do that but it's inspired by chris and his work and also just a little bit of the background i met chris really fun in 2010 in the fall of 2010, he was on his 50-state tour for The Art of Nonconformity, and he was at Longfellow Books in Portland, Maine, and I was happened to be home visiting. I lived in New York City at the time, and my friend Bindu texted me, and she was like, hey, Chris Gillibo is in your city tonight. You should go, and I didn't know who he was, but I just decided to go. So my mom and I went to his first book tour event well it wasn't the first but it was one of them and I just really liked him right away and then we ended up keeping in touch he actually you know you just assume or like I assume that when you email people they'll never write you back I just always assume that but he wrote me back and then we ended up keeping in touch and met up at South by Southwest in Austin and yeah and then we were co-hosts for another book tour of him and it's just great it's been great so.
1: But yeah, it's a great episode, and definitely check out him on the road. He's great in person. He's at doing a
0: hundred city tour. Yeah, he's first probably
1: he's coming to your area most likely, and he's great in live, like at his book events. They're he's very a wonderful. We've wonderful, met some amazing person. people there. Yeah. I remember oh, Zach. We have remember zach and his the lady he was dating at that time we met them at the book tour and they were traveling to every crossfit gym in the country yeah they were they were doing a cross country trip traveling to different crossfit gyms and they ended up staying at our house yeah Yeah, it was pretty cool
0: so now we have for you before we turn it over to the episode we have our listener review of the week
1: yeah remember we were doing that thing a couple weeks ago and then we've kind of taken a couple weeks off but now we have shannon
0: yeah so shannon says I so enjoy the Kate and Mike show. I'm a new listener, but I haven't missed a week yet. I love the back and forth between these two, and they're so relatable and open that you can't help but feel like you're sitting around with good friends, good friends that know what being entrepreneurial is all about. I particularly enjoyed the episode about the importance of network and community. Kate's enthusiasm for making new friends was just what I needed to feel excited about attending more events myself. And Mike's story about building a community from scratch was so reassuring because I've moved a lot. Thank you both. So thank you, Shannon. And what does Shannon get?
1: She would like a copy of your book. Well, okay. her and I were in touch, and she actually left the review and then sent me a message on Instagram and was like, I left you a review. See? So. That's
0: how you get what you want. So Shannon, you'll be receiving a signed copy of my book, and for our listener of the week, Next week, we would love to give away a copy of Chris's new book, Side Hustle, from Idea to Income in 27 Days. So if you leave us a review, you can be entered to win a copy of Chris's new book, and you just need to listen in to the next episode, and we will do that giveaway.
1: And put in the description, just the first word, you can put Side Hustle. Then we know that's the book you're after. And we will see you. Enjoy the episode, and we'll see you guys on the interview. Bye. So we, I just have one quick question to start it off, Chris Gillibo. Since we were just talking about, you know, as you, your nice hat that you're wearing, for mm. those of you listening are unable to see it. <laughs> Actually, nobody else can see nobody it. Nobody can us. see it because so, this
2: is... But you'll fine. just have to take your word for it. <laughs>
1: There's no video. How... And you said you haven't showered yet today. So I'm curious, just random thought that came into my head when you said that. You've traveled all over the world for long periods of time. So like, what's the longest you've ever gone without a shower?
2: Nobody's ever asked that question before. Mike, I appreciate that. I mean, that's good. Most people start out with like, what's your favorite country? Or like, tell us how to start a side hustle. So that's or, great.
0: Tell us about yourself, Chris.
2: Yeah, well, yeah that's the worst, right? Exactly. <laughs> for our listeners who don't know, tell us about yourself. And then I'm like, I'm telling my life story over and over, and, which I don't mind doing. It's fine. Yeah, no, but false. you know, I feel bad for everybody who listens to me on other podcasts. because I'm like, you're going to hear the same freaking thing. Like, my life story doesn't change. From week to week, you know, like the fundamental like right. narrative. Okay. But anyway, to stay on topic, I mean, I wouldn't say that long because I'm kind of a pro shower guy, you know, like I actually take like two showers a day most of the time, like one in the morning and then if I work out or something. So obviously, there has been maybe it was on my longest bus ride, which was something like 37 hours oh. from Kampala, Uganda to Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. And it was all in like one stretch. Like there was no, there was like 10 minute breaks. Then there was a break when the bus broke down, of course. But, um, <laughs> I think that was probably, yeah. And then I like obviously went straight for the shower. Yeah. Mm.
0: That's actually not that wow. long. Wow. I
1: was expecting way
2: longer.
0: Yeah. I've definitely. Gotten- no,
2: I'm not really like into camping or anything like that. You know,
1: I've definitely gotten like three or four days. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When you have it, I will say like having a newborn really expanded my capacity (laughs) for non-showering. I don't know why it's so hard to shower as a parent, but it's, it's become like one of the most challenging areas of my life. But now (laughs) we
1: just found how to market this podcast. We just say, find out how long Chris Gillibo has gone without showering dot, dot, dot. Listen here. Yeah. We
2: should have saved it for the end, you know, like, exactly. (laughs) So people listen for like, you know, Um, three hours and then they find out, oh, it's not that interesting.
0: (laughs) No, it is because I have to tell you, I had a long drive yesterday and I was listening to the side hustle school Mm -hmm. and... I love your podcast and I have to say, I am not somebody who will be starting a side hustle. And Mm -hmm. so I'm not actually your ideal listener, but the stories are so fun. You know, like I love the one, can you talk about the woman? So first of all, the side hustle is from idea to income in 27 days. So this is not Mm -hmm. quitting your full-time job to like take a leap of faith on your dreams. right? Though certainly I'm sure you support that if that's what somebody wants to do. This Mm -hmm. is for somebody who doesn't want to do that.
2: Yeah. I mean, right. I do support. Yes, I do support that for people <laughs> who want to do it. What I kind of realized over time, like I'm a slow listener. So this took like eight years. Not everybody wants to be like me. Like I'm unemployable. Like I want to always work for myself. But actually most people don't. Most people actually like just want to have a good job and they, they still have other dreams. They want to do other stuff. But obviously it's totally possible to work for the right company or organization. But I think you still need to you know invest in yourself. You still need to have more than one source of income. So that's what this is about. It's not about helping people like be quote unquote entrepreneurs it's about helping them make more money in a short period of time to give them more security confidence options maybe a backup plan and maybe eventually you know to go full time into it but it's meant to be something that is accessible. And so that's why I do the the, the show every day. And, and you, were, you were asking about a specific episode, I think?
0: I was. Yeah, can you... There's two episodes. but Well, first of all, I just really want to commend you on your wordplay around the person who did not like your puns about honeybees, because I was laughing oh. out in my car about the number of ways that you
2: built that in. That was awesome. As yeah, that a was a buzzworthy episode, as I recall. It was,
0: it was, it was like around episode like 105 or something. Mm-hmm. It was it was the roundup from the week. I so heard this one. For our listeners, if you are a word nerd like me, you have to listen just for the number of things that Chris came up with for puns around bees. But can you talk about the cuddle one? Because I thought that was really <laughs> fascinating and something I've never heard of. And yeah, I really, we're like in the healing, touchy-feely world, so right. I'm pretty surprised I had never
2: heard of this. Right. And so yeah, I got some interesting feedback about that one too. So let me think about this. It's been a been a while since I did this story, but there actually is an industry of professional cuddling, which is non-sexual touch. I mean, it's like platonic touch therapy. Essentially, I think part of the concern is over the word therapy, right? Because like who's qualified to do that, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But just the notion that... Some people want to be snuggled and they may not necessarily have somebody that they can snuggle with. And so this woman started a little snuggling business, cuddling business. And she was really, really very clear that it's, it is non-sexual. And like, there's all kinds of like protocols she has to ensure her safety, but she's actually like, feels like she's doing a good service and she's able to make, I don't know, You know, a good side income from it. So I like to focus on just kind of quirky kind of stories like that. Like, I don't talk about internet marketers. I don't talk about professional blockers. I I try to just like who are real people that are doing it, things that you've never thought about, like the bees or like the cuddling or like the guy who has a blog about fish tanks and makes $700 a month. You know, he set this project up three years ago and doesn't do anything for it now. So that's the kind of stuff that I like to feature and then not just tell the stories, but hopefully like teach through storytelling so that people can learn like, okay, how did he get this idea? You know, how did, how did she realize that there actually could be this industry of, of cuddling or snuggling and how did the beekeeper go and, you know, become a beekeeper all that kind of stuff.
0: It's kind of, I mean, I understand that your podcast is about learning and I actually did learn a lot and it's sort of like this American life mm-hmm, in a way yeah. because it's just, <laughs> it's just only because people are quirky and amazing, I just find it really interesting to hear about the wacky things that people do to make money mm. on the side.
2: Mm. Good, so. you know, I was worried, Kate, when I started because I like I started this January one, made a commitment to do you know a daily episode, you know, for a year at least, three sixty five. But some people think I had like every episode recorded before I started. So people have asked me that, like, how long did it take you to record all those? So I'm like, I'm like five <laughs> days ahead right now, basically. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's I'm working five days out. And now we are on, you know, at the time we're recording this, it's like day 284 of the year. But when I started, what I was going to say is I actually didn't know if, like, I didn't know how it was going to go because I had like the first 20 stories identified. And, you know, I was like, am I going to get to day 80 and like running out of stuff basically? So it's been interesting to see like, you know, over the year, like a lot of stories have led to other stories and people are like referring people and sending them in. And now, and one of my favorite things actually is probably about 20% of the stories now are coming from the listeners who started in January and February and have like built their side hustle. And so like, I love to be able to kind of like do a little throwback and say like, you started here and now here's where you are. And I I would love to get that percentage to like 30 or 40%.
0: And so do your stories come in, people submit them at sidehustleschool.com?
2: That's right. Yep. Pretty much. If anybody, if anybody's looking yeah, at a side hustle, so, yeah, that's great. I would love to hear about it. It's uh, sidehustleschool dot com. On the about page at the bottom, it says uh, submit your side hustle story. Okay. Maybe I should submit my side hustle story about eBay. No, no, uh, I'm not. I, I wouldn't be the
1: person. Jenny would be the person. Jenny that
0: Jenny would be, but that's her. Which
1: pick. which which side hustle? Cause you have like well, you have a bunch of them, I think. Well, we- no, from like college days. Oh no, you no, shouldn't, do, shouldn't that. do that. I think oh.
0: it has to be legal.
1: Oh, all right. <laughs>
0: So, Chris, a
2: thrive. <laughs> I love that segue. That's great. <laughs> so, Were you selling pot or something? Because that's legal now, basically, everywhere. So, that's, yeah, that's true. true. That's so, true. Chris, how many countries have you visited? Yeah.
0: No. Okay. So, I want to know you have visited all 193 countries in the world. Do you still write a thousand pages, a thousand words a day? A thousand pages
2: a day. Uh, yeah. Are I never wrote a thousand pages. You know what, you know, you know, to be totally transparent, I'm not like, I mean, I'm, I'm still trying to write I, like I wrote a book, you know, I'm going to work on another book at some point. But the daily podcast ritual has kind of taken the place of some of that. And I actually have to write more than 1000 words, you know, for each episode of that in terms of like, you know, working with the material and all that. So I'm not actually writing 1000 other words a day.
0: But for the podcast, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you're a runner and you, know, you just do like, you turn out a lot of books and a lot of blog posts and stuff. So I'm wondering if we could just talk about habit and ritual and discipline mm. and Great. find out you're, I mean, I, I don't know you super well, but we've hung out enough mm-hmm. and I've followed you for long like enough. To seven
2: know. years or something.
0: You no, know, it's been a long time since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. We met in Portland, Maine at Longfellow Books for your first book tour. We
2: met in Austin, Texas before then.
0: I know, I think the non-conformity no, was first, that was and was then. it first? We went
2: to ah, okay. You Thank you I for correcting me. When no, she it's went right. uh... on the freedom tour, yeah, right. Yeah. On the
0: freedom tour, yeah, that and was. We
2: brought the freedom back. tour, yeah, okay, to Portland, to Portland, Portland, Oregon, yeah.
0: to no, Portland, Oregon, right? Yeah. And then we came to WDS two times,
2: Colorado, and then you went, you drove to Texas.
0: I did, and got and, a speeding ticket
1: in
2: the a $400 speed ticket yeah. $400 man oh it's bad school you should just never drive in Colorado again you should just never not pay the ticket but never go back basically
0: it was bad it was I uh, know I paid it anyway there's like
2: three states arrested. I can't go to I did not that. get arrested no that happened to Macklemore
1: or something he just talked about this on it he got a he had a it was a parking ticket or a speeding ticket then he got in a really bad accident and the cop like literally took him to jail because he had a suspended license because of this outstanding parking ticket like it was crazy. So yeah, we should, we should just pay our tickets. So pay your parking tickets, folks. Yeah.
0: So I just want to know, mm-hmm. what do you think? Cause you also meet a lot of people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What do you think separates somebody like you who really does things like visits all 193 countries and does a daily podcast for, you know, mm-hmm. for a year, you haven't done it yet, but I have zero doubt that you'll do it. Um, <laughs> and, and writes a thousand words a day. Like, what separates you from somebody who says they're going to do those things, but then doesn't?
2: I mean, yeah, that's, that's a great question. That's I mean, a I big think,
0: question. I don't know if you
2: can answer yeah, No, that. no, I'm just thinking about it. Like, I don't want to give you a rote answer, you know? I mean, we could talk about like the tips or the rituals and all that. I think that's good. But I would say first and foremost, like the most important thing, people are always just trying to be more efficient and like, you know, get that 2% edge or whatever. I think the greatest productivity hack is to love what you do. And to like be really excited about what you're working on and to have a vision that you believe in and then commit wholeheartedly to that. And I feel like once you do that, it's so much easier than trying to optimize a life that you don't necessarily love. You know, if you've got a job, you've got to go to that you don't like or something else in your life that's kind of burdensome, you can be productive and develop rituals and all that too. But you're just kind of putting a bandaid on the problem. So I think for me, the first thing is like, I feel very fortunate that I am able to write books and travel, produce the podcast and like, I'm living my dream life in that way. Like, I feel like, you know, if, if, you know, if the whole question about time and money, like if time and money were no object, like, what would you do? I'm like, I would do something like what I'm doing right now, really. Yeah. So that's the first thing. I mean, second thing is, I mean, there's probably some negative aspect to it too. I mean, I think it's fair to talk about that. Like I am kind of compulsive. Like I do I think have, you a, would have to be. Yeah, I have like an addictive personality, <laughs> yeah. which which by itself is not bad, right? It's just a question of like, what are your, what are you doing with that? Correct. Yep. What so are i you
0: addicted too. Yeah.
2: Right. So I guess I tried to tried to like channel that or funnel that in ways that are somewhat healthy, and I also just kind of do my stuff all the time. Like this is what I this is what I do. I don't have a lot of hobbies, and I think it's totally fine and normal for people to be balanced and have hobbies. I just I just don't. Like every time I've tried to find something fun to do, I'm like, this is what I want to go back and do my stuff, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't know.
1: I want to I want to kind of reverse engineer, like okay. add on to Kate's question a little bit. Mm. So you have started a lot of really cool things. As Kate talked about books, events, live, you know, world domination summit and it continues. Like you spawn little smaller events from World domination summit now. So when you thought of starting this podcast, how long mm-hmm. ago, so you started January one, 2017. Yeah. When did you mm-hmm. get the idea to do that?
2: Great. Okay, then, that's yeah. was that's it good.
1: something you were thinking about for like three years and then you knew it was like, this is the time to go? Or was it like you started in December and was just like, I'm ready. Let's go, you know? So
2: yeah, no, there was some process to that. So it was last summer. It was last summer that I started thinking about it. I knew I was going to write the side hustle book that came out of my last tour. Last book I wrote was called born for this it was really interesting because like the book is about how to find the work you're born to do and win the career lottery. And I had like one little chapter in that 13 chapter book about starting a side hustle. People responded to that far more than anything else. Like I was excited about lots of other stuff. And they're like, tell me more about, you know, chapter seven or whatever. (laughs) Like that was two minutes of my 30 minute stump speech. And I got 50% of the questions about side hustle. So, so first of all, I'm listening to, I'm like paying attention to the people I speak to. I know that's important. So I knew I was going to do the book, but then I guess I was like, I want to embrace like a different medium. I want to try something that's challenging. I do like the ritual of like the every country in the world or going to all 50 States. Like we did for that first book tour. And so that's when I had the idea of starting the podcast. And also I was 10 years late to the podcast party. Like you guys had pioneered everybody else had been doing podcasts forever. And I needed, I needed some way to stand out. And I was like, I'm going to, you know, have it with no guests. It's going to be 10 minutes a day. I'm going to do it every day telling a story. So that was the vision. And then from there to actually making it happen, it was like, you know, three or four months of, of working on it. And I didn't say anything about it to anyone. This was interesting. I didn't do any kind of pre-launch. And which is so different from... I've, I've done launches before and I think that's valuable marketing-wise. But for me, I just felt kind of personal about this. I was like, I just want to put it out. I just want to be like, here's this thing that I've been working on for six months. And I haven't said anything about go, you know. So by the time January 1 rolled around, like I was ready to do that. But there was a lot between, I don't know, yeah. September and December.
1: And then for your systems, like, are you, do you have someone editing that or is it you're still doing? Cause I know before the last time that you and I, we chatted, you and I chatted, all three of us chatted, you know, it's like, we, I think the question was like, you know, how many people are helping you produce all of these things? And you're like, well, I do it all. So like, is that still the reality? Like, is that still Chris Gillibo's life? The, are you wearing all hats on the whole
2: venture? I mean, I do a lot, but I don't do it all. No. I mean, so, so first of all, the podcast is a a partnership with a network called Panoply. So they do all of the production. They do the audio stuff. So I record, I send it to them. They do that. They handle all the relationships with the advertisers, which is great because I don't want to do with that deal with that. Um, I'm supportive of an advertising model. I just don't want to be a salesman, you know, so they do all of that. I have a great assistant named Whitney who helps with like the show notes and also organizing all the scripts that, you know, for different shows. So no, there's, there's, you know, it's not like a huge team, but there are other people that are, that are helping make it, make it possible.
0: You, do you write a script or do you just kind of have some bullet points for each story?
2: I like to have a script. I like to have a detailed script. You write it. Yeah, that's exactly. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, I don't, and I actually, so we do actually have some, some freelance writers that are helping with a lot of the stories. I should give them some credit too. So often what we do in that situation is like, someone will submit the information and like we go through and we have follow-up questions for them. And we, we kind of figure out like, what is the narrative of the arc of the story? And then the writer actually like does that part, you know, gets it to me. I write the introduction, I write the conclusion. You know, I usually edit a bit. So it's, it's not just me doing all the writing, I should be clear.
0: But that's a lot.
2: Yeah, it's a lot, but it's good. I, I like I said, it's good. I like it. Yeah,
1: it's it's so fun to listen to. Um, do, oh, hold on, I want to. Oh my god, we have yeah. so much so, to ask. <laughs> I want to know: Are you so every book tour or every book that you launch, you do these massive tour? Mm. So are you? Well, let me ask part one of the question: uh-huh. Are you somebody that sits around and has crazy ideas constantly? I don't think so. <laughs> because uh, like Kate does right so okay. so are you going to do all these book tours to really find out what's next and like the next phase of kind of what you want to produce next Interesting. Hmm. because you just said your side hustle this right, whole right. this whole chapter of your career came from the last book tour and i wonder if that's been like a pattern like steps that have happened
2: yeah i think it's a pattern more than an intention because like 100 dollar startup also came out of the first tour where i met all these accidental entrepreneurs and people that were not living on the coast they were in middle america or somewhere that doesn't get a lot of featured and they're not doing like a silicon valley kind of startup but they were creating personal freedom for themselves which i know you guys identify with a lot as well so $100 startup kind of came out of that and you know wds for you know also came out of like the the tour and the meetups and things so i think it's it's more of like a byproduct or something that happens organically as opposed to like i'm going out on a listening tour you know, like politicians do. And I'm going to like gather, you know, data and see what comes next. Cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's real
1: different than like, at least that's what it sounds like, you know? Cause like you're, you have like a hundred thousand ideas a day of what we should do next. But
0: sometimes I change them based on what I hear.
2: True. people. Oh.
0: Yeah. It's not yeah. like I just power through regardless of what somebody, you know, yeah. what our audience is asking for. Right. Do you think, you know, so we're now in the final quarter of the year, do you Mm -hmm. think that you'll continue with the podcast or do you think you'll take a break after 365 days?
2: Yeah. That's the decision that we're basically making right now, me and the podcast network. And we'll see, I will say this because one of the ideas that we talked about is like, what if it continues, but you know, it goes to like maybe a longer format that's twice a week or something like that a couple of people were kind of pushing for that idea. And I, I just, I have a lot of resistance to it. And I get it sounded good, but then I went away and I was like, no, the <laughs> DNA of the show is to do it this way. And so I either do it this way or I don't do it, basically. That's kind of where I'm at. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll and see. how is
1: it for you doing a daily podcast? Yeah, I, I, I love 73 it. 73 days in a row. Yeah, oh,
2: like, fantastic. I remember I... No,
1: sorry, 153 days in a row.
2: My, That's fantastic. Yeah, I saw on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: my video blog was... 73 days in a row
2: you've done
1: things every day for a while yeah so that's good yeah but then i stopped yeah yeah Yeah.
2: well i feel like the streak is the streak is self-motivating you know like the longer you have the streak the more you want to keep it going like this the the stakes of not doing it go up you know like you don't (laughs) right if you're tired on day like 60 you're like wow if i stop now i'd I'd have to like if i started over it would take a long time to get back to this you know Fortunately so I have some accountability built in too, which I think is good to mention because it's also the same way I do in my books. Like some people are like, Why do you like not self-publish your books? I'm like, there's a lot of reasons for that, a whole other conversation. But one reason really is I like deadlines. Yeah. I like deadlines that can't be moved. And if I'm the one who sets the deadlines, then that's a problem because (laughs) I could very well move it, you know, and like this book, this book, you know, I, I was not ready at all for the launch. I really was not ready for it to come out because I've been doing the podcast every day and I've been traveling and all kinds of other stuff. And like, we just finished producing WDS, but that's how it works with a pub date. Like there's the pub date. You can't be like, actually guys, two weeks later would be great. Yeah. You know, I thought about that, but didn't, didn't go very far. So, so having some accountability is good. And the daily podcast is the same thing. It's like, I I'm structuring my life around this. Yeah. So whatever else is happening, whatever, other, whatever other, like noise there is, whether ideas I have, you know, commitments, desire, all that kind of stuff. Like it has to co- accommodate this thing. And I think that's healthy, at least for me. I love it. Yeah. I, I like it too.
0: What are some of the wackiest side hustles you've ever had?
2: the wackiest side hustle or just
0: any of them. They don't have to be the wackiest. What yeah, I don't know things?
2: if I've had like any really wacky ones. <laughs> when I was a teenager, I tried to sell you use dirt. Like um, I made a little business cards and I put like an ad in the back of cat fancy magazine. Do you read cat fancy by the way? No. It's, it's, it's a huge, yeah. It's, it's I, really a it publication. <laughs> oh yeah. I think they actually did a rebrand recently and changed their name. But if you Google cat fancy magazine, I'm sure you can see like what it became.
1: Wait, you're serious right now,
2: right? I'm you're, totally serious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was a teenager. It didn't go very far. And then later, let's see what else. I don't know. I had like a little golf membership site, which is funny because I hate golf. Like I don't play golf and like I had a little golf membership site and obviously didn't know anything about golf since I don't play it. So that wasn't a great idea. And then the story about that was my idea was I was still, the membership cost like $1 basically. And there was no like backend, like there was no upsell or anything. And I remember sitting with a designer who was making, this is, this is really funny. I was sitting with a designer who was making the, the site and he's like building it out in front of me. And he's like, I just have a question. How are you going to make money on $1 a person? And I was like, just make the site, you know, like don't, don't worry, but just you do, you do, you, you, know, you do your stuff, leave that to me. And you know, obviously like it didn't, didn't go so well basically. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I don't know what else. I mean, I imported coffee. I sold Legos. I did a bunch of like random stuff in my
0: Did you, well, like,
2: How did you sell 20s. Legos? Thank well, you. so in the early days of eBay, right. this is 20 years ago, you know, when I got my start and I realized I am unemployable. Like I quit the last job that I had at age 19 and started selling stuff on eBay. And in the early days, eBay was a seller's market, mm-hmm. yeah. which is often how it is with platforms. Like when a new platform comes out, like the platform itself is the news, right? Not the content, but the actual you know, technology, which is backwards, of course but it was a seller's market in the sense that you could list anything on eBay and people would buy it because it's on eBay. So I could (laughs) go to the store and buy Legos and then put them on eBay and people would pay like 20% more because it's, you know, on eBay.
0: Wow. So So that was a timing thing.
2: Yeah. That was (laughs) was timing. It was timing. It wasn't like, it wasn't like I was incredibly intelligent, but it was the, that's what led me to a lot of other stuff. Like when I did that, I was like, this is fun. This is interesting. Like, how did I figure, how do I figure out what things cost in one place and how I can sell them in another place Then I had this coffee importing business where I bought coffee from Jamaica and resold it in the U.S. So all that stuff was like deciphering, you know, little arbitrage opportunities and it was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And what would you say, like, if you could go back and ask, you know, and talk to yourself 15 years Uh ago, what would you tell yourself about, I mean, I suppose about life, but specifically about business? Like what, what do you wish maybe Mm. you had known that you know now?
2: Right. Life and business. Okay. Once again, I don't want to give you a rote answer. Let me Thank think you. here. Yeah. Well, I just, it's no fun to do that. It's true. Right. I tell myself about business. You know, I guess they're kind of intertwined because my, my work and my life are intertwined. For me, I would just say that kind of like, you know, first of all, get ready because you know, you, it, this is fun now and you think this is awesome, but it's going to go like places that you never would imagine. And it's not just about like, you're going to make more money. It's that it's going to turn into something like far beyond what you envision. And I would say also keep taking steps, like do what's in front of you. Don't worry about the big vision necessarily, because this comes up a lot. People are always like, go to every country in the world. You know, that's so intimidating. But I didn't decide that until I'd been to like, I went to like 30 countries. And then I set a goal to go to a hundred and I got closer to that. And it was like, then I'm going to go to everyone. So I did the steps that were in front of me. And like, I had the, the crazy idea to go to West Africa and be an aid worker. And that also was kind of like scary and big and overwhelming, but I kept thinking about it and I did it. And that gave me a lot of confidence and experience to do other stuff. So I would say, do the thing that's in front of you. Think about what's challenging and don't shy away from that. You know, like, don't just look for the easy, easy way. That's what I would say to myself. And I think for the most part, I did that, but there were some times when I think I took the easy way out and I wish I hadn't.
0: Really? Yeah. Can you give us an example?
2: Yeah, let me think. I came back to the U.S. from West Africa and did a master's degree at the University of Washington. And I didn't have a terrible experience. I just had a mediocre experience. So I didn't, it wasn't like amazing. It wasn't awful. It cost $32,000 you know, for a certificate that, you know, doesn't really help me in lots of ways. You know, like I did learn some things. I learned how to, I learned how to be a better writer, like the critique of actually submitting papers and getting criticism was good, but still, you know, $32,000. So I guess the thing is, the reason why I bring that up, it's not just about the price tag or those years I spent doing it because I don't really regret it. But I think I did that because I thought I was supposed to do it or I was, I was chasing some some kind of status that I thought would come out of that experience and you know that's that's very hollow. And fortunately, I, I had a decision. I don't know if most people know this, but right when I started the blog, the Art of Nonconformity, it was my 30th birthday around that time, and I was finishing the master's degree. And I was applying for PhD programs, and I was almost at this like fork in the road, basically, of like, am I going to, you know, go with this Art of Nonconformity thing, which is very new and like ambiguous, or am I going to try to like continue my, you know, education in this system, which is very predictable and, and safe? And fortunately at that point, you know, I did choose to do what I'm doing now. And that's why we're having this conversation. And that's why, you know, we're in relationship and we've known each other for years, but maybe that master's degree was like a case of like doing the easy thing or doing something that I didn't necessarily need to do, but I thought I should have.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I think we've all got some of those things. <laughs> mm-hmm. our, yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. It's my whole MBA story right there. Summed
2: up. Yeah. 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 How much was yours? 62. Oh, wow. You beat me then. I did. Yeah. What yeah. did you get? Well, actually, in. I beat you because I paid $30,000 less.
0: <laughs> you did beat me.
1: You did beat me. What
0: did you get? Masters? <laughs> but Philip
1: Morris paid oh, thirty of that. So, really, I Oh, so paid.
0: you guys are even.
2: Yeah. Philip Morris, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Um, well, was, of. It, I ended up paying a long journey. journey yeah, there. of course. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, international studies. International okay. studies, like focusing on Africa and governance and it was it was good, it was good stuff that I learned, but yeah, yeah. there's a lot of BS to it. There's a lot like the, the the BS to value ratio is really skewed in grad school. You know, it's like you're getting some good stuff, but you're also getting a waste of time. Even in a good program, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think you're probably right. I never went to grad school, so I can't speak from experience. Well, so you
2: beat, you beat both of us then. Um, you, you win.
0: I spend zero money on grad school. Good. I no, I am not interested in grad school. I don't know why I would do that. Okay. <laughs> so I wanna know. Like, I don't, I don't actually know about like you and your family and if you hang out Mm. with them or whatever, but I know that a lot of people who have unusual careers, including ourselves, Mm -hmm. sometimes like it's challenging because your family doesn't understand what you do. So mm-hmm. do you have that with your family? Like do people from before understand what you do and are supportive or is it kind of like, Oh, I just don't talk to them about it or.
2: Yeah. I mean, now they do because now they've been doing it for so long. Yeah. And you like, have they, they... people can hold those. So. Right. No, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like there's <laughs> yeah. my grandpa who something who said like when I wrote my first book, he was like, you know, I'm so glad Chris is not doing that internet thing anymore. You know, Amazing. like now he actually has, a, he has like a real job now. And I was like, well, I still don't have a real job. And I'm still doing the internet thing. Also, that internet thing. You know?
0: Which is why I got a book deal.
2: <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. But no, I mean, like when I started also, like, you know, I, this was 20 years ago when I was doing the eBay thing. There weren't a lot of other people doing it, at least that I knew, like in my little area. It's far. It was far less, you know, mainstream than it is now. So... Like, I don't, I don't think my parents understood a lot of it, but now they do. Like I was just in Atlanta last week and my parents came over and they're like, they come to WDS now, they've been coming to WDS for two years and really? yeah, they awesome. really identify with it. So it's just taking some time. That's awesome. So I would say to anybody who's, who's in this situation of like, my family doesn't understand, well, you just have to prove them wrong. Basically, you just have to show them or not, not necessarily prove them wrong, but prove it, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Just and you them. may not, it, it's sometimes easier to do that just by demonstration than by by conversation, I think.
0: I completely agree Mm -hmm. with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think trying to explain, trying to convince is is Mm -hmm. one of the biggest wastes of time that Mm -hmm. you possibly...
1: In all aspects of life. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes. Yes. Modeling is everything. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Totally. Mm -hmm.
0: Totally. So you're on a book tour right now about Side
1: Hustle.
2: Right. So
0: I just want our listeners... How long are you on the book tour until like...
2: Well, it's a hundred cities. So it's going to go for a little while. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, at the time where you're talking, I've finished 13. So I I feel like I'm almost done. I'm in that tail end, you know, of like only 87 cities to go. You know, it's like that last mile of the marathon.
1: (laughs) You're like like a rock star, you know, getting out there with their 100-city tour. and
2: yeah. Are
0: you an introvert or an extrovert?
2: I'm 100% introverted. (laughs) I know. Did you not know that? I did know that. Because I have spent time
0: with you. No, I do. But I just think like for an introvert, it's unusual to want to go to 100- city book tour, because I am a massive extrovert. And the idea of going to 100 cities and talking to that many people, I find exhausting. So what is that about you?
2: I just discovered somewhere (laughs) along the way that it's kind of like what we said earlier, not everything that's challenging is bad for you. In fact, a lot of things that are challenging are quite good for you. That's what you should be doing. I actually get a lot of energy out of this process and I do find it very meaningful. And I'm still an introvert. Like that's an innate trait. It doesn't really change, but that just means I need to spend a lot of time by myself, which I do. So, you know, I stay in hotels. I don't stay on people's couches. Like people often offer like, Hey, I've got to, you know, come and stay. And I'm like, thank you very much. I need to kind of have my own time. Yeah. Like no disrespect. I'm going to be on when I go to the gig and that's great. And then I'm going to go back and be by myself. So it works.
0: Yeah. No, I mm. actually, that makes sense because when I travel for business by myself, I spend a lot of time by myself, and it's mm-hmm. actually really replenishing in certain ways. Yeah. Especially right. now
1: that
0: I'm mm-hmm. kid. But yeah, I was
1: just in Santa Barbara for three days by myself. And I was like, "This is amazing." I know uh-huh. it was great.
0: No, you're right. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Now, do you book all your own travel? I do. Yeah,
2: yeah, because okay. I'm picky. You know, like nobody yeah. would know exactly how to book it the way I want to, so I just do it myself.
0: Do you That's still fine. have the traffic travel hacking cartel? Yeah,
2: we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Travelhacking.org. Okay. Well, I'll tell
1: about that in the intro. Yeah. So people can get access to that. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I know, and then if you're going to use points or pay for things, like, you know, you have to really factor all those in. We
0: have to give Chris massive credit because he is the one. Yes. That turned no all
1: us, credit. He gets it yeah. all.
0: Well, ma- massive all of the yeah. credit. Yeah. he You're the one, Chris, that turned us on to the points game, and we, like took our whole honeymoon. I
2: remember. I remember study. getting texts text from, from yeah. you guys about joining like your destinations. we get
0: all the time. Good. And hotels get for free. Free and business like, class
1: by
2: accident. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we'll just... Good work. You. It's Good work.
0: <laughs> thank you so much.
2: Oh, oh, please. You're welcome. You did the work.
0: I just wouldn't have known otherwise, you know, until yeah. you started just, writing about it. And I was like, wait a second. Yeah.
1: I'll just say thanks to the Eddie Hyde customer service guy that made that mistake. But yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. that got us in the... Eddie Hod first class odds.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, by mm-hmm. yeah.
0: that was not the points game. That was a miracle. That was a
2: miracle. Yeah. <laughs> miracle. Yeah, but it is. Trying to is. make that mistake more often.
1: Yeah, I, I should. It was yeah. great. So you just keep calling the customer service. You know, I called that Eddie Hod customer service probably fifteen times because I was like wanted to upgrade and I'm, I kept trying to see if the price was going to be reduced or if point reduction. You know, and usually it doesn't happen. But I just wanted to give a shot, and the guy was like, "Yeah, I'll put you on the wait list." And I was like, great. And he, I actually got a confirmation after I got the phone. that you've been upgraded to business class.
2: <laughs> That's great. I was like, great oh, story. Nice. I like great it. Great
1: story. Well <laughs> done. I was nervous the whole time. Like I was like. Somebody's going to walk up and like pull you back. I thought they
0: were
2: going to pull us like,
1: off the plane. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> we walk up to first class and check in. And the first thing they say is like, you should have been here an hour and a half ago. And I was like, crap. And then I was like sweating the whole time. I'm like, are they going to make us, are we going to set an economy? Like, and I was like, that would have been fine. But yeah, anyway. Which would not have been an emergency, by the way.
2: (laughs) It's a long flight. I mean, the Etihad flight is a a long flight. So I don't, you know, I understand. Yeah, yeah. What are your next, like, do
1: you still set like travel goals? Because now your, your goal was, is it 193 or 94? 193. One, nine, three. So you, your goal was to hit all these countries, right? And Mm -hmm. you did. So now like, what are your, do you have travel goals now? Or are you just kind of traveling for the, you just schedule the book tour and go?
2: Yeah. I don't have the same kind of travel goals. I don't have adventure travel goals. I still like to do a lot of international travel. Like I really enjoy that. So I try to do at least one round the world ticket every year. Um, It's more like, more like two actually lately. It's been two. But now it's mostly just like focused on the the book tour and, you know, going to the 100 cities is my current goal. So I work with that and I'm sure I'll set something else at the end of that. Cool.
0: And so you have hosts. So for people who are Mm. wanting to plan a book tour or a workshop tour or whatever, you have hosts and they sort of write in via your blog?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean this is this is a great this is a good little little topic because if somebody's trying to do this themselves, I mean now I am a little bit established. I have a great relationship with my (laughs) publisher and all that, but I wasn't it wasn't always that way. And like my my first book was with a much smaller publisher and you know they didn't really I mean I don't want to say they didn't care, but they didn't have they didn't have the resources to invest in it a lot, which is fine. So I just kind of put it together. Yeah, I wrote on my blog at the time, like, hey, I'm gonna go to all fifty states want to help you know and fortunately i got a bunch of a bunch of folks who, who offered to help and some places it would, i would just work with, directly with a bookstore but it was also like yoga studio and like daycare center one place really? um heavy metal okay. concert hall in san francisco which was pretty cool cool uh, yeah a bunch of like random stuff like that the
0: daycare center that's awesome
2: yeah grocery what store that once thing? that was my my worst one ever was at a grocery store in, in minneapolis and I said, I'm never going back to this again.
0: Yeah. Grocery store is not a great venue.
2: Bro. Yeah. In the middle of like the, it was like a, how do I describe it? It was like a neighborhood revitalization kind of thing. They had lots of small businesses, blah, blah, But that's it sounds good, but it's still in a grocery store. Like literally. So, so distracting. yeah. Distracting. Yeah, exactly. Because okay. they're making announcements, you know. Yeah, <laughs> right. no. True one special. What department right. were you in? You, the produce, basically. The produce. So people are like, so right. I had like 150 people there. I had like a great crowd. It was <laughs> oh so funny. God. They're all there, and <laughs> people are like walking by, like picking up bananas. And oh. stuff, <laughs> you know, and they would be like on the announcements. They'd be like, "Chris Gillibo is in the in the middle of the store, you know, speaking about the hundred dollar startup." It was just crazy. Oh so
1: my, like, god, oh my that's god, so well, funny! Well, I mean, that makes a great story. but It does make a great story. That's, cr- that's crazy. That
0: is crazy. Yeah. Well, my girlfriend's about to go across the country teaching uh-huh. workshops. And so I was oh, thinking about this because she because because I did that. But I yeah, was I hosted everywhere by yeah. some people. And it was very much inspired by reading your book, The Art of Nonconformity. I was like, oh, well, if Chris can do this, I can do this. But I told her, I said, listen, you have to have other people host because you cannot handle the logistics of every single thing. Yeah. And you <laughs> have to be prepared that it's going to be like 90% awesome and 10% mm-hmm. really weird venue that is going to yeah. be like what the
2: <laughs> yep yep Those true are, true right? that's good like the- yeah i did somewhere I, where i didn't have a host and it's really it's really stressful when it's like yeah. that so it's much better to have somebody there that can can help out so uh-huh. but it could that could be anybody anybody who's connected anybody who has a space anybody who's you know good with local community and knows people
0: and you'll just go sure hundred cities yeah I love
2: it. Hundred and one, if we line it up. If we, no, we're uh, going to bump somebody. We're going to bump somebody else off. So we're going to like bump off Houston or something. Well, because you've get the been 100. to Portland
0: twice so far. Because you came oh, for the hundred dollar startup and right. for the art of nonconformity. That's right. But it's now been a while because we now have a two year old and a second on the way. So like, yeah.
2: Yeah. it was the last. And what's when, the what's the launch date? You know, for that second child.
0: Um, sometime at the end of March.
2: March okay we got time Aries, so launch, it'll be oh, Aries. Pub, pub date launch date we're, I mean we're,
1: we're in pre launch mode right
2: now we're in pre launch right, right.
0: mode yeah. gestation
2: Aries mode. okay good I'm an Aries myself I so. know me
0: too When's yeah, your that's March right that's right 20...
2: that's April 7th
0: Oh, April 7th. Okay. Yeah. Let's see yeah.
1: if we can get this next baby to all 193 countries by the time he or she is 10. I'm not
0: interested in that. And then
2: that's, we good. Can, that's good. That's good. On- you have points, Mike. You know, you know, how, like, you know how to do this. Yeah. That's <laughs> just call exactly. Etihad to get your baby upgraded. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> just put the baby in the front.
1: Baby well, before two, we'll just, be, it's lap child, you know, oh so we'll just know, put
2: it on somebody else's lap. Oh
1: yeah. Your points really start to decline once you start childing with three people. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. yeah, thank you. But it's still,
0: it's still great. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, Chris. So I would like to know just as a final kind of question before we wrap up and let you go on your side hustle way. <laughs> what do you think somebody who is working in a job right now mm-hmm. and like has the desire to start something, but is scared? I would mm-hmm. imagine you talk to these sure. sorts of people a lot. Yep, yep. What would you have to say to them? if they were. Great. Just like, I don't know. Uh-huh.
2: I would say first of all you're not alone. Like a lot of people feel that way. It's very common to feel that way and I think a lot of people feel that way because they have the perception that they're going to be taking a big risk in doing this. And they're going to, you know, mortgage their house or like take out their life savings or also not just that but time. They're going to spend 6 to 10 months working on something that may or may not have a reward. So a lot of what I'm trying to do with the side hustle method, you know, from idea to income in 27 days, is really to kind of remove that risk. And so I'm encouraging people to not spend a lot of money. Let's get things up and running really quickly. Let's just figure out like something simple, using the skills you already have. That's the other thing I would say is don't think that you have to go out and like learn to code. You know, if you're not a web developer, don't make an app, right? You know, let's figure out what you're already good at. Let's look at the skills you have. What you probably don't know, the only thing you don't know is how to apply those skills, like in this income generating money making kind of way because you know what you're good at in your job. You know, but these skills are very easy to learn. So it's not that hard to learn how to apply them. It's more important to focus on your life experience. So let's do that. And then let's see what we can make happen.
0: Amazing. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I love how practical your work is. And I also love how fun your writing is. So thank you thank for everything you. you're doing. Thank and you. for inspiring a lot of what we do so for people to learn more where should they go
2: the side hustle book should be at any bookstore online or offline you can go to sidehustleschool.com and the daily podcast is called side hustle side hustle school that's right the book is it called side hustle, hustle the side podcast is side hustle school sorry yeah thank you for that <laughs> and my name is chris Gillibo on social media which no one can ever spell but you know if you type in something close to that you'll find me
0: <laughs> thank you for coming on our show today,
2: it's something close to, so, to kill them.
0: It's so fun to see you. It's so fun. To <laughs> it's talk.
2: great to see you too. Yeah, it's a huge honor. Well, thank Hopefully you for having we'll me on the on the wonderful show. Awesome, okay. thank you. Bye. Bye, Chris. What's up, people? It is Mike Watts
1: here. Closing out this episode of the Kate and Mike Show. I just wanted to touch base with you because something really cool has started to happen post this. You know, closing of Origin, etc. Is that we just opened up the doors, and we're currently opening up the doors for. Not only Mike J. Watts, but also I will be doing other business consulting for those of you that have a small business, or a large business, or an entrepreneur, or starting out, etc. But Basically, I like to think of myself as the business architect and I help establish business owners and entrepreneurs build solid operating structures so they can scale to the next level of revenue. And this is the first time in a long time that we've actually opened the doors for business consulting to help you really systematize what you actually have going on. So my skill set would be looking at the systems that a business has in place and reviewing those systems, where the income streams are coming in, where's the advertising, what are you actually doing... And then streamlining what's actually going on. The last person that I helped with this, I saved her $8,000 within our first hour because she ended up with spending $4,000 a month on things that she didn't actually need right there. And it's just stuff like that where we're constantly, as we're running a business, we are always spending money on something, right? And so it's about making sure that that something is working out well for everyone and not only everyone as a customer, but also you as the business owner. So we have opened the doors for that. You can check out more information at dot. .com once again that's mikejwatts.com if you're need some help when it comes to your systems if you need some just consulting when it comes to your actual business where your income streams are coming about how you can go about growing your business etc i mean i started this with zero income up and we are we've really built a solid six figure business and this will be the first year that will be eclipsing seven figures so it's pretty dope and pretty excited to see what else comes forward. So, if you want to know more about that, you can just fill out the form at mikejwatts.com. There's a section under Work with Me. You can review more about that information. I look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode of The Kate and Mike Show. Have a great rest of the day. Cheers.
0: Woohoo! You just finished an episode of Plenty. Don't you feel richer already? So, listen, if you're ready for even more, I teach a free money workshop only two times a year and it is coming up April 23rd, 24th, 25th. It is called Wide Receiver and in the three-day workshop, I am going to help you restore your relationship with money and claim the bounty that has your name on it. You can go over to katenorthup.com forward slash wide to get your free ticket and I'll see you there.